Hey, you guys, I am so glad to have a special guest with us, Mr. Jamal Hill. He is a Speedo sponsor, 10-time national champion, and a Tokyo 2020 Paralympic medalist. This Team USA professional swimmer, author, and philanthropist is a champion with the cause. He has founded a movement dedicated to teaching millions of marginalized communities how to swim worldwide called Swim Uphill, and in 2022 was named the president of AquaticsToday.com, a media company providing best practices, better systems, and leadership development to aquatic professionals. And we're so grateful to have you here, Jamal, on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for that uh, awesome intro, Mr. Harvey. Happy to be here. I'm just so excited to have you here. One thing about me is everyone who knows me, I love the Olympics probably more than anything else in the world. And I've watched okay. the Olympics <laughs> since 1996. It's my first Olympics I ever saw in Atlanta. And so the Paralympics and the Olympic Games, it just it's just always something I live up to watching and spending time with family and seeing it. So I've been a huge fan of yours, and I'm just so glad to have you here. Well, again, hey, man, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that you are a fan of not only the Olympics, but the Paralympic movement, because uh, they are one and the same, even though I may be slightly biased as to which is more entertaining and inspiring. Well, I will agree on that one. <laughs> and, and I love to see Black excellence. And that's something I really yeah. wanted to talk about as well, um, which I'll talk about toward the end of the podcast. But I first want to get into some questions that I wrote for you, if you're ready for them. Well, run down the list. Let's talk. All right. So the first one I have is, do you mind explaining to our listeners what it is like to represent our country in the 2020 Paralympics? And also, do you mind sharing your journey with CNT disease? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take it in the order you asked about it. Um, so uh, ultimately, representing Team USA, uh, the entire nation right in Tokyo, man, don't get me wrong, dream freaking come true, right? Like this is, anyways, like, you know, I'm gonna become a millionaire. I'm gonna become an, more millionaires than Olympians, I think, right? So just uh, and when you talk about odds and percentage and chances um, and, and we really kind of take a look back at my swim journey and, and, and my bouts with paralysis, my, my struggle with disability, um, it was just a long shot, man. But ultimately, all I can say is like, glory be to God, man. And it's like uh, when I set out on this journey, you know, obviously I had a goal, a really big goal, uh, but. I told myself, whatever the end result is, the only way I'll be able to stay proud and like keep my head up is if I go out and I just do the best I can and I just chase my dream, you know, like literally give it everything I've got. Um, and and it's almost like uh, it's almost like tithing, you know, like for those who, who are just kind of familiar with like a kind of semi-Christian based religious faith, kind of like tithing, man. Like if you one of my favorite quotes is, is if you give to get like it, it'll end, uh, you know, it, it'll end, you'll, you'll, you'll end up with nothing. But if you give to get to give, you'll always have abundance. And so uh, my, my faith has always been like, dude, if I just show up and I do the best I can, um, I feel like the universe, God, all these other things will conspire in my favor in ways that I don't know or understand. And whether or not it turns out exactly how I want in the time I want it to turn out, it will turn out. So it was a great experience. 
Um, again, just really proud, hoping to have an opportunity to represent our nation again in Paris in 2024 and, and again in Los Angeles in 2028. Ultimately, what qualified me for the Paralympic movement is the fact that I live with a disease called Charcot-Marie Tooth. That's a type of neuropathy. You know, it's abbreviated CMT for short. Uh, how that manifests in my body when I was 10 years old, ultimately this gene, so it's, it's a hereditary disease, this gene was triggered um, and, and I was put into a state of full body paralysis. Uh, I'm talking from the neck down, all I could do is talk. Um, you know, I could, I maintained my sense of physical touch but I wasn't able to move my limbs. And so that's ultimately what neuropathy is, right? Uh, when you go to shake someone's hand or to jump or to wiggle your finger, first you think it, right? It's that power of thought and that thought power has an electrical signal, has an electrical response called, right, to, to neurons that connect that thought into an action, into your hand, your feet, whatever. So ultimately that connection in my body uh, from my knees to the soles of my feet now is at zero percent. So it constantly feels like I'm walking on my knees. Uh, and then on the other end of it, from my elbows to my fingertips, that connection is about 30 percent. So that's what my day to day life is like nowadays is, you know, what my. I won't say quality of life, but like quality of perception has been like for the past what 16 17 years now um that that's pretty much it in short so it's that that's me man does that make sense it makes a lot of sense jamal first of all i want to commend you for talking about that because i know that can be very difficult for people to kind of share their journey and their story but i think that's where how people have fallen in love with you is just that you are a strong-minded person who doesn't allow your disability to affect who you are as a person. And I think that's a great thing that you're able to not only represent our country, but that you're able to kind of put a face to in a name to a disease that maybe a lot of people are unaware of. And so I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Absolutely, brother. You're welcome, man. And you're absolutely right. My life and career have multiplied probably you know easily a hundredfold since I, I came to the place in my life maturity um love for self all these other things where I felt like okay I can come out of this proverbial closet because I never told anyone about shark on my tooth for 12 years only me my mom and my dad knew um and, and I was in this somewhat privileged place of having an invisible disability people meet me they look me up and down dude I look better than you know, a lot of people, <laughs> you know? So they see me, they're like, "What's wrong? there's nothing wrong with this guy. You know, like what, what, what could possibly be wrong with him? So for years, you know, I, I hit it. I hit it, hit it, hit it. Um, but uh, from the time that, you know, I really, again, have found that self-love to open up, dude, it's, uh, it's been touching people. It's been inspiring people. And so I think that's, that's what it's about, man. I agree. And I feel like that's what we need to see more inclusiveness in this world. And I think that you are definitely a great spokesperson for that, which kind of leads into my next question. Um, can you tell us when you're having an off day, what's something that motivates you to keep pushing through when you're kind of feeling at your lowest? Oh, dude, pretty much just like the principle of it's always about the same man. better than worse. I mean, better than some and worse than others, you know, like 
that's really I, I've come to this point where I don't get real high on the highs and I don't get real low on the lows. Um, so even on like my off days or even on like like when I have a super fantastic day, like my ego is my ego then check about it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't end that I always end the day feeling like, you know, no blasphemy like a god, you know what I'm saying, like a king, like someone who's but also just understanding I'm a human. And I don't even know what perfection is. Um, so kind of having that perspective and, and, and just understanding that it's all a journey. Like, you know, we, we think about our dreams, even, even, you know, it could be winning an Olympic medal. No one moment will make or break anything. It's a collection. It's, it's, it's years that make and break things like, no one moment for the most part changes anyone's life for the better or the worse in any significant way. Uh, so when I'm having a down day, which we all have, and again, obviously as a down day, it's difficult to, to really give yourself that pep talk, but it's like, this is a part of my mentality. It's almost a part of like my lifestyle, my, my inner, my inner culture. It's like, dude, when things are going great, that's great. I'm grateful. You know what I'm saying? Things have probably been better than today. And I know things have been worse than today, but it's good. There, there's no need for me to climb up on some type of pedestal because once you get up on that pedestal, guess what? Those low down days, it's a whole lot more space for you to fall now, right? Like when you have that low down day, you're not just falling from like a level place. You're falling from Mount Everest, right? Of your ego and, and of your pride. So that's my thing, man. It's just trying to keep pretty, pretty even killing. Just keep it in perspective. Like no, no one day, no one bad practice, no one breakup, no one, none of that is going to ultimately make or break. You know, a lot of people are worried about where people are, where people come from. Dude, I don't think that matters. Only thing, only thing that matters is where you're going. Uh, and, 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 and that's something that you got to ultimately, it's a collection. So there you have it. Well, I think that you summed it up really well. And I always tell people about being perfectly imperfect is that we all have things that we need to grow and learn from, but we can learn from other people's journeys, how we can pave our own path for our own selves. And so I love mm -hmm. that you started Swim Up Hill, which I love to play on words, <laughs> Foundation. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, can yes, you tell sir. us about um, your organization and um, how did you come up with the name? If you don't mind sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so came up with the name. So originally, right, Swim Up Hill is, is the foundation um, uh, and it's grown into the foundation. Originally, it was just like almost my personal brand launch. I was working with a business coach, like a, a, a business and then like a life business development coach. And we pretty much like came up with the name together, like trying to tie in swimming, trying to keep it motivational. Um, tying in my name and swim uphill just kind of came and 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 it grew right. It grew on people. Non-swimmers loved it immediately, but the swimmers were like, "Oh, that's a terrible name because when you're swimming, if you're swimming uphill, you're swimming slow. You want to be swimming downhill." And I'm just like, "Well, if I swim downhill to other people, that sounds like things are going downhill, right? Things are going <laughs> on a negative trajectory." So uh, that's how we came up with the name. Um, in terms of the foundation itself, it's really really simple, man. I uh, joined Team USA in 2018. That's when I guess I became like a semi-professional um, and, and had an opportunity to start earning money. 
for my craft. Uh, but I knew in that moment, it's like, look, swimming is swimming, right? It's not swimming is swimming. Um, the biggest swimmer in the world is Michael Phelps. Um, and, and not that, not that my goal is to, not that my goal at the foundation was to be right, to become like a Michael Phelps level celebrity, but my goal was definitely to, to have a Michael Phelps level reach. And I knew that just me swimming fast alone, even if I was able to attain that, it would still be too shallow. It would still be too easily forgettable. It would still be, oh man, he won all those medals and that's kind of it, right? Like what, you know, I didn't, I didn't benefit in any way from Michael Phelps winning all those medals, you know, no shame to you, Mike, shout out to you, my brother. Um, but like, there was no benefit. Like, I don't think, you know, his Baltimore community, I don't, you know, directly impacted from him winning a medal. Pretty dismal, pretty insignificant. So it's just like, dude, being a champion is about more than just winning and losing. Any freaking bum can win a race. Any bum can lose a race. What, what, what defines a champion is how they work through those wins and losses and also what the greater cause is, right? Like, am I a champion because I just swim the fastest? That almost seems elementary school to me, right? Like, oh, you're the most popular kid because you can run the fastest. Like, well, what else are you offering here? Is this all you're offering for to inspire and, and inspire others that they could potentially, you know, I get, don't get me wrong, there's value in maximizing your body and that dedication, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, that's a very shallow human experience. That's like a very limited human experience. Um, and that's not what I'm about. Like, I'm about a holistic, evolved human experience, improving not only myself, but the community around me, the world around me. Um, and I, you know, taught swim lessons for almost over 10 years at that point. I had a background in marketing. Um, and, and I knew I just like, I needed to have something bigger. I needed to have something that was going to start to build a legacy that I would always be proud of. Um, and that, that would ultimately change people's lives. So that's what led us into this mission of teaching a million people a year how to swim with the Swim Uphill Foundation. And originally, it was only just to teach a million people, but with growing successes and things like that, it's become now teaching a million people a year. I'm just so proud of you. First of all, for you being an entrepreneur, and I think that we need to see more of that, um, especially with our culture of people knowing that we can step in your faith and your belief system and receive the gifts that you've been blessed to have. And I think like, despite what you've gone through in your past is giving you a platform to help other young, especially people of color, um, to learn more about swimming. Cause that's one thing I knew growing up that's, you know, a lot of people of color, especially African-Americans um, had a fear. And my mom, I'll never forget when I was younger, she had told me about um, one time when she was swimming and she almost drowned. And that was such a big thing for her where she just hated like even being around water and so the funny thing was, I took her on a couple of cruises. So I guess I kind of shocked her out of some of it to a certain extent. But it was an opportunity for her to kind of get past some of her fear, but to also um, understand that, you know, things happen in life that we can't control, but we can make the most of it. And I love that you started a foundation, but also that you're creating positive waves with our younger you know, yes, people. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's a... Uh... And that's, you know, obviously that's a big part. That's, man, that's like a big part of everything that I'm doing is about inspiring the next generation of aquatics leaders, inspiring the next generation of Black leaders, inspiring the next generation of 
leaders, period, you know, um, showing people what's possible, whether that's, you know, by, you know, whether that's some white kid or some, you know, uh, some Middle Eastern kid or some Hispanic kid, some Italian kid, some Ethiopian kid, some, uh, you know, Mexican kid, you know, just you go on down the list. I, I don't care. Uh, that's that, that everything that I do, man. I, I'm not going to touch it. Uh, if if it doesn't have that effect to it, because I go all in on things, and sometimes it gets me in trouble just because of the level of excellence that I put to it when I go all in, and you know it's about equity, man. I, the reason, like you know, it's a bit of a sidetrack, but the reason my swim coach at this time and I are such a good match is because I know how hard I work to be as good as I am to even be able to walk, man. Honestly, to even be able to walk, how hard I have to work, and so she matches all that in her own way and brings a lot of value. So I require a lot out of the people that, that work with me and, and uh, not everybody is up for that challenge. Um, so yeah, man, that, that's really it. Just uh, like I said, I tell all the kids, I tell the adults too. It's like, we all know life is hard, man. Like you think it's hard being successful. I know there's some cars there, so forgive that. You, you think it's hard being successful why don't you go talk to a bum why don't you go talk to somebody homeless they'll tell you like it's hard <laughs> it's hard dude like it, they, they, life is freaking hard no matter whether you decide no matter what you decide to do you don't get out of life being hard so it's like it's like uh man you know i'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of analogies and metaphors i was I was talking with my girl yesterday and and then we were talking about kind of this princess complex that's it's kind of, you know, overriding our, our culture with women. And and I was just saying to her, it's not the, you know, 100 percent, I think, you know, relationships and, and partners, they all deserve different things. But at a certain point, you know, if you're the princess and you're being pampered and you're just being taken care of, one of two things have to happen. You don't get to stay and be the princess forever. You either got to you either get demoted, right? Like, you're not just getting all this stuff for free or you got to get promoted and you got to become the queen. And it's important to understand that like, should you decide to step up and be the queen? Never get it confused. The queen has way nicer things than the princess could ever have. But with that queen comes a whole lot of responsibility. And that's why she gets all the best things. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's kind of like the mentality I bring to it. It's not about just being, it's not about just like ex exercising your privilege or, or abusing your privilege, but it's like, if you, you at, certain, at a certain point, that privilege is, that privilege at its base element is going to run out. So you're either going to fall or you're going to use that privilege in the time that you have it and in the space that you have it to grow and evolve and to take it to a whole nother level. And with that comes things that you could have never imagined uh, benefits, um, but, but, but it doesn't come free and, and it's not for everybody. I love that you said that, Jamal. And it kind of, that analogy works well with swimming because almost like being like a, you know, princess or a queen can yep. be like being a prince or a king, like yep. starting your training. Like um, a lot of people who go through the Olympic trials and when we think of just even qualifying for the Olympics it takes a lot to make it to the podium but just mm -hmm. even getting there and saying hey I did the best I could and my family's proud of me I'm I'm grateful for the experience that I have and I always tell um, my clients everyone who knows me knows as a counselor one thing I love to share is that we need to have more gratefulness in our day and less pride 
because pride deals more with ego and that it's nothing wrong with having a healthy ego. But a lot of times we see people get to the point where they're so grandiose about small things that may or may not be as important in the grand scheme of life. But if we can actually be in the moment mm-hmm. and sit with someone and you actually can hear their story and, and be a part of that journey, then that to me, it makes life worth living for me. But everyone's you know, goals and yep. values and morals are different. And I love that you say your spiritual and your faith um, has guided you to where you are to be able to tithe. And tithing is not for everyone as far as just financial. Like you were actually doing yep. that by doing altruistic things, by being supportive of the next person, by giving tools um, that people can put in their toolbox to use in their life. And so- 100%, man. Yeah, I, I love it. And I respect that with you and being a role model. Um, but it kind of leads me to my next question for you. Yeah, talk to me. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, I want you to choose an actual age. Yeah. What would you tell young Jamal? Um, I mean, I'll probably start pretty young just because I think, you know, those things are things that really stick with us a lot of times the heaviest. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we're just saying that everything for the most part is either going to go the same or only better because I've had this conversation with myself. The thing I would tell him is just like, this is going to sound almost contradictory to everything I've said right now, but maybe about like seven eight years old and and you know obviously I would frame this differently for a child but for for this adult understanding of you don't owe anybody anything and what I mean by that is even right now with me as a role model you know like of course we all got role models we all got people we look up to like I look up to LeBron James I'm like dang this guy freaking greatest ball player to ever do it uh been carrying teams since he was 18 Never had a relationship scandal with his wife. Three kids. Both his sons are freaking amazing ball players. Seem like good, just seem like a happy and ball family. It's like, dang, this dude got all of it. But LeBron James drinks wine. LeBron James smokes cigars. LeBron James has lied and cheated. I'm, I'm sure has done things, again, that have been unscrupulous or, and that he would not openly share anything like that. So it would just be like, Never, never, never start to, number one, view your idols on this godlike pedestal, this pedestal where flaws do not exist. And also never put that type of expectation or pressure onto yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not saying be careless and, and do wicked things or or definitely, you know, don't be having all your skeletons out in the street. Um, but just again, just like this idea of perfection. And this idea that, oh, because I'm a role model, I owe it to all these kids. I owe it to all these kids to like, to just, to pretty much set this unrealistic picture of who I am and what it is that I represent. You know, they're like, Jamal doesn't have bad days, that Jamal doesn't smoke hookah sometimes, that Jamal doesn't drink sometimes, that Jamal doesn't, you know, it's like, that's not what life is about. Life, life is not about being perfect. Life is not, especially when that perfection is, you know, more times than not in this world we live in, a Eurocentric concept has been, you know, literally whipped into us <laughs> um, on so many levels. So 
that's really the main thing I would sit down. I would probably like, yeah, around eight or nine, mm-hmm. old enough to handle some heavy stuff, but still young enough to be like, what the hell did he just say to me? Um, that's, that's probably what I would say. <laughs> I love that answer. And I want to kind of piggyback off that statement of saying that, you know, it's the parent's responsibility to be able to train and, and rear their kids. And it's not a celebrity or a athlete or an actor. You know, there's things, of course, that kids can be influenced by and see. But ultimately, it's, you know, a parent's duty to kind of let them know these are, this is just life. This is, we're going to go through challenges and you can learn from your mistakes. And even when we've seen athletes kind of fall from grace, you know, it's not about the falling from grace that I am concerned about. It's about what did you learn in your experience? What type of legacy are you leaving behind at the end of your life outside of your career? And those things mm-hmm. to me mean more mm-hmm. that connection and intuitiveness means a lot more to me than someone who makes millions and who is flashy and showing certain things because that is um, in the counseling terms, we call it Jahari's window. And that is the facade area where people, you know, there's things that are hidden that others don't really see behind mm-hmm. the closet. And those are the issues that unfortunately society doesn't portray. But yeah, those, dude, those are the issues that kill people. You know, it's exactly. like, I, we all know that poverty kills. <laughs> Let's not get it confused, right? Like, dude, money matters in this world. Everything costs. And poverty kills. Um, and, and there's, I got no disillusion about that. Uh, and I think most people have no disillusion about that, like the cost of poverty. Um, but this other thing, this facade, right, is something that we do not too often see highlighted or like here, like, dude, this kills. It kills your spirit, you know, it, it kills your spirit. And I mean, if it kills your spirit, dude, after that, a lot of people just, what, they start to really ask, what am I living for? And um, yeah, so again, well, you know, that, that's this whole thing, but uh, 100% right. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Well, I appreciate you, Jamal. Talk One to more me. question for you. Um, how can our listeners find you online and what is next for you? Oh, that's a great question. You can find me online. The best thing to do is Google Jamal Hill. Um, Google Jamal Hill and then click, click, you know, something about me as a swimmer. <laughs> there's a few Jamal Hills out there. There's a really cool director, Jamal Hill. Uh, there's an Oregon <laughs> football player named Jamal Hill. Uh, both really successful guys. But that's going to just help me with my SEO and stuff like that. So just Google Jamal Hill and, and click the swimmer one. Um, but if you'd like to, you know, just kind of consume some of my content, you can follow me on Swim Uphill at Swim Uphill on Instagram to get connected with my foundation, uh, whether you want to become a donor, uh, an instructor, um, or, or just, again, figure out how you can start to leave a legacy and impact bigger than your own personal accomplishments. Go to swimuphill.org. Uh, and send our team an email or just read about the site a little bit, read about our project some. Uh, and then I guess another way you can connect with me, if you're an aquatics professional, lifeguard, uh, city manager, anything like that, um, or just have an interest in aquatics, do go check out my new platform, my new business, Aquatics Today. Uh, a new podcast drops every Tuesday at 6 a.m. And um, those are going to be the best ways. Those are going to be the best ways to connect. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you, Jamal, for being here. Thank you so much for being on the show. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. 
I'm just so proud of you. And I would love to have you back in the future. If you ever choose to come back and talk, we would love to hear more about your life, your experiences. And I, I wish you nothing but the best in your quest to be able to qualify for the next, next Olympics. And thank you so much for serving our country in the Olympics and being able to be such a great part of what I love about the Olympics. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you for everything, Mr. Harvey. And, and I'd love to come back for another show sometime. Cool. Well, I will definitely hit you up maybe in a, a, a few months from now, we can kind of sit down and just kind of do an update on what's going on in your life. And if there's anything you need from me to kind of share, I'm, I'm open to sharing and helping the best I can. All right. That's awesome. All right, brother. Well, God bless. All right. All right. You have a great day. For sure. You too. Adios. Oh, 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 oh.